It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. Yes, welcome to the latest edition of Off The Leash for Greyhound Racing Victoria on RSN 927, our social media as well. You are with Andrew Cues, George Ferruja and Molly Haynes with us in the studio. So much to talk about off the back of what was an amazing night with so many highlights, of course, on Saturday night as the Australian Cup Carnival is underway and those big features. And Molly, we should start, I think, by talking about Baruga Brett because uh, it was a surprise win. The other two uh, features went to the favourites, but... uh, Brooke Ennis is having a terrific run, a lovely lady, always smiling, and I think it was one of the highlights. Well, it was, it was my highlight of the night because uh, love to see Brooke with a winner. Yeah, look, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, Andrew. She was. Uh, do you know what? I don't know whether I was happy, as happy, or happier than Brooke, considering you know I went into, went into the the Temley thinking that Baruga Brett was a, a pretty good chance, but. He was a phenomenal run, you know, to break the five-second mark out of the boxes. Hasten slowly, like I thought, Gabe. Didn't probably give him the run I exactly, you know, I initially thought he would. I thought it'd be a little bit more dramatic than what happened. But, you know, he's still got that inch of room, and it just proves how fast he was. Well, you were happy. You were happy with yourself, too, uh, for tipping the winner, <laughs> Molly. On the back. Absolutely. I've seen a few pats, but... Um, now, look, he had to produce a PB to the first mark to win the race almost, yeah. didn't he? Because it, it, he needed to do that to cross Orson Allen. And look, I think um, I think we sort of judged the race pretty well. He was going to be the danger because of yeah. where Hasten Slowly was drawn. I think he had more pace than Buck's Future and My Redeemer. He'd shown that at the Meadows. He had great form. So I think the odds were probably a little bit inflated to where yeah. they should have been. Orson Allen had been racing so well, so we sort of kept him safe and... Look, don't take anything away from Orson Allen. I thought he was really good too. Yeah. And hasten slowly. How many times does he pop up in group finals <laughs> and make the top three? I mean, it's just an incredible record he's got. He was He's never drawn well either, yeah, really. Never. And um, <laughs> he seems to find a way to get into the top three against the best greyhounds in the country. So all three, uh, real big pat on the back. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And look, I found Orson Allen's run a little bit similar to Poke the Bears in the Cranbourne Cup, purely being we had so much expectation with Poke the Bear heading into the Cranbourne Cup, yeah. as we did with Orson Allen had, heading into the Temley, but take nothing away from either of those two dogs. You know, they put in 100% every time. And I know listening to Shona during the week, she was really excited to see Poke the Bear get back to the Meadows. And yeah. I really can't wait to see what he does in the Australian Cup heats, which we'll talk about a little later. Well, you know, that the word champion gets thrown around a lot, I suppose. Yeah. But I think with Poke the Bear, it's safe to say that he is. And for those who think... Um, well, he might be past it or not not at his best. Uh, just watch out for Saturday. Really. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, he's just he's one of those greyhounds could come out and run 29.60 and, and start favouring an Australian Cup. Yeah, interestingly enough, just quickly, um, Baruga Bretz, um, he paid $8 for his win, but he was the highest price uh, Tem Lee winner since 2013, um, where Cintiana, I think I said that right, paid $19 for her win. So um, huge, et by Baruga, uh, huge effort, I should say, by Baruga Brett and um, Brooke and Jamie Ennis. Well, uh, let's talk about the uh, Rookie Rebel. Perhaps fair, there was a lot of talk about uh, Tornado Tears. We'll talk about the Zoom Top in a moment. And, of course, uh, as we mentioned, Orson Allen, the discussion. But maybe under the radar was uh, the Rookie Rebel, which uh, certainly was a good result for punters because Deliver, 
the red hot favourite, uh, certainly with a strong win. Yeah, no, we, you know, whatever, you know, we all said it after delivered, delivered. He was, um, you know, phenomenal over the six hundred. And talking to Jason after the race, he, I, I suppose, he he wasn't surprised in, with this dog's effort. He's now, you know, unbeaten over the six hundred metre distance. He's got two Group Ones to his name, and interestingly enough, delivers owner Vince Julio won the Temley a couple of years ago with Del Getty. So that was in 2016. So he's picked up two of these invitationals. Not easy, is it, no. <laughs> to try to get two? Look, I think, uh, you know, often in grand racing, thing don't always, things don't always go to script, as you know, Molly, but this was one of those races that just went, I think, how everyone had, had yeah. planned, with Deliver jumping straight to the front with those awesome splits and just being too good for them. What I really like with him now is he's coming back to the 500 metres for the Australian Cup, and I think he'd be a great chance in that too. We've seen uh, My Redeemer do that before the Melbourne Cup, didn't we? Where he went over 600, stepped back in. He's racing with such confidence now. And even though um, probably his first splits over 500 hadn't been great in the past, um, there were a couple of runs where he did okay. I think uh, he goes into the Australian Cup series uh, full of confidence, and he might be hard to beat as well. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's talk about the uh, Zoom top. And here is the call of Ron Hawksville on Saturday Night Past, as heard on RSN 927. And racing, and Tornado Tears on the outside began okay. Way fast back in Parra is going to lead settling down from Pogo Dorado. Tornado Tears wide around the outside, getting up on the inside. Blue Moon rising. They were followed by a moment for Jive. Five lengths away then came Rip and Sam. Second last for the lap to go double jam. Last is Macari. Out of the straight they run now. And the leader here was back in Parra, led by two. In second spot, Blue Moon rising up on the inside. Tornado Tears. They were followed then by Pogo Dorado. A gap then a moment to Jive, and well back then came Rip and Sam coming off the back straight and it's still back in power the leader coming around the outside Blue Moon rising with a big run Tornado Tears going up on the inside Blue Moon rising moved up on the outside and took the lead Tornado Tears kicked again Batman he's back and Tornado Tears has won it from Blue Moon rising followed then by Rip and Sam what an amazing run Molly to think uh, five months away from the track I know they trial I know they prepare but there's nothing like uh, uh, proper racing and the fact that it kicked again that's almost something you'd expect a second or third run into a uh, into a um, greyhound that's been running weekly. Amazing result. It was. And look, considering this dog hadn't been over 700 either, you know, George, before the race, I was shaking. I was so nervous. I felt like I, you know, was coming down off not having coffee for, you know, 10 days. I was, I was a mess. And then after, I almost felt emotional. And I think it was because when you witness something like what Tornado Tears did, you know, like when you, when you see it in person, you just think, oh my God, I'm, I'm a part of history. Yeah, look, he was he was unbelievable, wasn't he? I think uh, it was one of those uh, head scratching moments. How the hell did he do that? <laughs> the the simple fact is his stubbornness almost cost him the race. Oh, I mean, he, he's he stuck on the fence, didn't want to go around um, uh, the greyhound in front, which was uh, the blue uh, black impala. Black impala. That's right, and. Yeah, it sort of held him up for about, oh, I reckon, about nearly 100 metres. Yeah. And Blue Moon Rising looked like he was going better, but it was just Tornado Tears was just <laughs> determined to get up on that fence. As we said, the scary part for his rivals now, Molly, is that um, he's only going to get better from oh, the run. God, yeah. He went 42.55, his PB's 42.02. Yeah, Rob, um, he's had a few of these moments, Robbie Britton, hasn't he? <laughs> I mean, he just had Fanabale a couple of years ago, and then he gets Tornado Tears doing what he did, and... 
uh, seven-time group winner now, four at group one level. Uh, there's not much more you can say about a champion greyhound, that's for sure. Yeah, and look, Robbie was just in awe of this dog. Talking to him after the race, he just – it's like words words couldn't describe what he was feeling yeah. or what he had to say um, about this dog. But huge effort by Blue Moon Rising. You know, we had John Finn on the show last week, and, you know, he said to us that Blue Moon Rising was, you know, his best chance despite Poco Dorado being in the race. And, look, I think the dog was a huge showing, to tell you the truth. And little moment to jive. WA Star, always got a soft spot for the WA Dogs in my heart. And interestingly enough, I've seen that she's been nominated to race at Cannington on Saturday night. I thought she would have stuck around for for the Superstayers. Well, there was there was word whether they were even going to come for the Zoom top, yeah. I think. I'm not sure. Uh, she had such a good record um, in WA. Is it because the Group 1 racing's coming there in not not too distant future? Maybe wanting to set her for that? I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, the Galaxy isn't too far away. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing we won't see her again. Uh, we might not see her again in Victoria. I'm not sure. No, she's uh, heading 89th up to, career yeah. start. Yeah, look, she's been a, a warrior, but Blue Moon Rising, as you said, he just really chased hard, didn't yeah. he? And Black Impala, well, one of these days, he's just going to be left alone <laughs> out in front and, <laughs> and be good enough to win, but uh, he always puts in. It's RSN 927's Off the Leash. You're with Andrew Cuse, Molly Haynes, George Ferruja, RSN 927, GRV Social Media. Coming up soon, a special guest, uh, GRV's Chief Grader Andrew Mills, will join us on the program today. We mentioned it was a big night at the Meadows. Also coinciding, though, there was some big-time racing at Ballarat. And uh, Molly, a couple of features, including the uh, Ballarat uh, Derby. Yes, that's correct. So, um, oh, oh, excuse me, $20,000 went the way of Flynn on Saturday night, like you mentioned, Andrew, in the Ballarat Derby. Now, Flynn, we've spoken about this greyhound on the program before. He broke Fernando Bale's uh, Bendigo track record in just his fifth career start after two months on the sidelines, if you don't mind. It was a hot derby field. I don't know whether you saw the race, George, but like some of these greyhounds in the race were just ridiculous. Well, you can tell you from WA because you keep saying derby. Uh, uh, yeah, we the Victorians <laughs> like uh, saying derby, but yeah, look, uh, Flynn was incredible, um, breaking 25 seconds from off the pace, Small. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, as you said, it was a, a terrific race. What about in the heat as well? I mean, against Jabrina and Whiskey Riot and all that, it was a, a tremendous heat as well. Look, he's going places. He strikes me as a greyhound who's going to get 500 metres without an issue. He, yeah. he really powered to the line and... Yeah, it was a fantastic effort. I thought Jabrina was going to be hard to beat off box one, but uh, he proved me wrong, Flynn. He was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Now, just to quickly mention, some of the greyhounds in this derby field. Now, this is just, it's a group-listed race, 20,000 to the winner, like we mentioned, but there was Whiskey Riot of Anthony Azapartis, who's had 10 starts for seven wins. Jabrina, now this brought um, Rocky, his trainer, out of retirement, this greyhound did. So you know there's something special there. He's had 16 starts for 11 wins and a second in the Warrigal Cup, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as Group 1 National Derby winner Axel Footloose. So this could almost be, you know, a group race itself. Yeah, it's almost like a silver chief field or something, isn't yeah, it? It's uh, it's incredible. All right, on to the Ballarat Oaks. Interesting sponsorship name there, Molly. Um, Crimson Vixen was the winner. Yes, the Little Dicky Oaks. She's um, Little Dicky was a, a stalwart, I suppose you can right. call it, um, of, of um, the Ballarat region. I know she was a very, very popular lady, and I think, um, you know, they're, they're very happy 
happy that they can call um, you know this race after. And I know last year Zoom Out won the Little Dicky Oaks last year, and her uh, trainer Michelle Malia Magri, she was you know a, a huge fan and a really good friend of um, Little Dicky and, and the family. So it was a really special win. But Crimson Vixen, she was you know she was fantastic. She paid thirteen dollars twenty for this win, and beating a greyhound like Time to talk, like greyhounds like Time to Talk and Black Opium was a huge effort. Well, I think the writing was on the on the board um, in the heat. She really yeah. took it up to Black Opium, didn't she, Crimson she did. Vixen? And then she was able to find the front this time. Time the talk uh, really chased hard. But when you see the clock uh, running 25 seconds flat, you know why she couldn't run her down. Yeah. Her splits are amazing. 11-12 to the back is just about as fast as they're going to go. And she's got a big future. And, and you're right, Lil was a, a tremendous character in the Ballarat area. And um, she was always willing to help people. And uh, I think that'll be uh, named the o- Lil Dicky Oaks for a very long time. <laughs> All right, of course, we had some prelims the other night, but now we move on to the heats uh, proper of the Group 1 Tab Australian Cup. And Molly, lots to look forward to. There is. Now, there's, you know, no shock that Baruga Brett's one of the equal favourites. At $6 to claim the Australian Cup, possibly, what, three group wins in for 2019, which would be a huge effort. Orson Allen and Poke the Bear are also sitting on, on that line of betting. What are you thinking about the $6 mark, George? Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, look, you know, if they come out and win their heats, you're not going to be $6 in the final, are they? But no. people, I think, when they're talking pre-noms, they try to look for a little bit more value here, and I reckon there is. Yeah, no, look, I'm thinking um, value for me is Hasten Slowly, like you mentioned at the start of the show, he's got a phenomenal record at Group 1 level. He, although he, he's only won once, he's placed in five Group 1 races and you know he's also made Group 1 races for other Greyhounds too but I just think even at a place mark, I think he's paying around $6 for a place. Yep. I just think you know if, if I was allowed to, I wouldn't mind having my money on Hasten Slowly. Yeah, I had a look at him deliver at $14 yeah. um, something that um, tickled my fancy for sure because of his great form at Jabra Reiner, who I think has got lots of speed at 21s. Miss Splendomiro at 21 as yeah. well. She's a proven group performer. And the other one is Seneki, the young South Australian greyhound now in the care of Steve White, who has built up a very nice record at the Meadows. And he's got enough early speed to, uh, I think, uh, to feature prominently uh, come Australian Cup time next Saturday night. Okay. Um, now, is this a new race or just a renamed race? Uh, explain to me the uh, Fantabale Super Stayers. I'd say George is probably the man, being that all things the Meadows. Yeah, still same race, Super Stayers, but now just the Fantabale Super Stayers, of course, um, uh, in honour of uh, probably one of the best greyhounds we've ever seen. Uh, and uh, no surprise here that Tornado <laughs> Tears is the $2.10 favourite. And again... That's probably value in some people's eyes. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. At $2.10, I think, you know, the only question mark for me is, I suppose, how he's going to back up that yeah. next week. Yep. It, you know, it's a huge effort to, you know, have won the Group 1 in the Zoom top last week. But backing it up after that time on the sidelines is going to be the question mark. But, I mean, we had question marks heading into the Zoom it's always top, question so. marks and he always delivers. <laughs> I reckon he only raced for about 600 metres because he was sat behind the, yeah. the leader on the fence and said, I'll just wait till I get a run through here. Yeah. Yeah, now um, four dollars for Poco Dorado. Am I? I, I, I feel a little bit rude in saying it could be a little bit short for my likings. She'd need to get her start better and and um, do some better things. I think. Yeah, she was slightly disappointing uh, on Saturday. Rip and Sam nine dollars. He'll probably benefit from his run. I thought he got to the line really nicely, so yeah. he should be able to make the final for fans. But the issue is, he's faced his brother eight or nine times without a victory, so that's uh, would be playing in people's minds. Yeah, definitely. And I think John Finn, who we had on the show last week, 
Um, he gave me a fair bit of confidence in Blue Moon Rising, to tell you the truth. He was on my radar without being on my radar, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, after his Zoom top, um, his Zoom top placing, I think he goes into the Australian Cup, uh, the Australia, the Superstayer heats, you know, with, with plenty of confidence. And, you know, I, I suppose at $15, you wouldn't mind having a little bit on him. He's a pretty good chaser, the dog. Yeah. I think that's the important part. And, yeah, look, he, he ran around, what, 42, 60 mark. He probably can trim that a little bit. And, to be in contention, but again, uh, he's got a Batman against him, which is going to be a problem. All right, we look forward to uh, those heats. We'll talk about them in future editions of Off the Leash. It's RSN 927's Off the Leash. You're with Andrew Cuse, Molly Haynes, George Ferruja. Special guest on the program is Andrew Mills, the GRV Chief Grader. He joins us on the line to have a chat. Hey, Andrew, it's Molly here. Thank you very much for your time this morning. I um I just want to ask first up we're talking the new racing program can you tell us why there is a need for a new racing program here in Victoria? Yes, good morning Molly and George. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, we've made some tweaks to the racing program, uh, which will come into effect from March one, and it's it's basically just to give um, more opportunities for our, our racing population. And um, what we've got is a, a slightly skewed um, towards the the middle level, um, but not not as many meetings that we need to uh, cater for uh, those lower level level three dogs, as we call them. Uh, good morning, uh, Andrew. Uh, all level three meetings, um, except for Heelsville on Sundays, will be graded using this age prize money, or, or APM as we call it. Can you tell us, so we can explain to the listeners what age prize money is and, and how it's used across the board, not just uh, lower level races? Yeah, what it is, uh, George, is a, is a uh, it's based on the, the prize money that the Greyhounds won. And um, it decays over time as well, so it's a, sort of a sliding scale. So we take 100% of the, the money that the dogs won in the last month, um, and then we also take 2% of the dog's earnings uh, back, you know, 12 months, 18 months ago. So what it does is it sort of draws a line as, as to where that dog sort of sits um, in value, so to speak, um, and that value is then applied to these meetings. So uh, these new meetings will be 2000 or or capped at 2000 and those under that can play at, the, at these Level 3 meetings. If you're over 2000 you'll go to Level 2 and, and hopefully climb, keep climbing. But uh, obviously they're not all champions, so we need to just cater for, for every dog that's uh, around there that can race and chase and do everything right and uh, just try and reward those as best we can. Absolutely. Now, Andrew, just quickly, with um, the age prize money system, it's been you well assisted the invitationals. Um, am I right in saying that? You know, our, our Top Gun, our um, Temley, we you've been using this age prize money system for a little while. At you know, at the highest level of racing. Yeah, we've we've done it at both levels. The first APM meeting, dedicated APM meeting, was at Geelong on tenth of May last year. We just sort of tried it out there, um, and we see some real benefit in, in this age prize money value in that. The last year's Tim Lee was um, the top eight were all the highest APM sprinters in the in the in the land, um, and again this year it, it was it formed a, a very integral part of the selection process for uh, this year's Tim Lee Rookie Rebel, um, and to a small degree the Zoom Top, but um, uh, yeah, it, it seems the top earners um, it seems to reflect their their uh, true ability, and obviously if they're winning the, the good prize money, um, they're going to be right up there in selection. 
Yeah, now the the new racing program, which you mentioned, comes into effect effect on the 1st of March. Grades level three greyhounds with the initial cap of $2,000 with the age prize money of $2,000 or less. Can you talk me through the benefits of grading lower level races this way? Yeah, what it does is um, it just provides more opportunity and that's what it's all about, basically. Um, the cap of 2000 we we can adjust that going forward. So if, if we've got um, plenty of dogs that are still missing out, we can drop that to, say, a $1,500 or even down to a $1,000 limit um, to try and capture or cater for those dogs if needed. Um, but we sort of feel that the 2000 sort of it's it's sort of the line in the sand as far as um, sort of at what level they're at. So um, we feel that's a comfortable level, but um, we can certainly uh, adjust that to uh, to cater for the, the more majority, so to speak. Andrew, uh, what will the, the racing program uh, look like with some of these changes? Like you mentioned, we have 13 race meetings a week, so how will they be distributed among the levels? Uh, it's actually 23 meetings. We've got George. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah, we've got uh, the two metros at the level ones. Um, we'll have the 11 provincials at level two, and then we'll have uh, 10 at level three. So um, two of those level three meetings each week will run at full stakes, um, and we're also trying a bottom-up type scenario where uh, we'll start selecting from the bottom just to try and give those dogs that are that are really struggling to gain a run um, a, a chance in those those races. Now, Andrew, I really don't envy your the position you're in as a grader. It must be a, you know a pretty difficult situation to be in, and I suppose to not only create but sustain a racing program for all levels of greyhounds. What advice do you give to trainers you know who are currently competing at say level three and is graded to a level two because of their because their age prize money is just that little bit higher than than two thousand dollars? Yeah, well, what we've found is that a number of dogs at level three, if you looked at solely their APM. Um, they were well and truly over. There's some dogs running around in, in level three meetings at, with APMs of four thousand. Now, whilst they're not, um, they're no superstars. Um, they've had the chance to win some prize money along the way at, at the expense of those that are missing out. So we've sort of effectively forced them up a level. Um, but they're not the only ones. They're not isolated cases. They're, we expect that about thirty or forty dogs every level three meeting currently. Um, that could be playing a level two. So they'll still meet those same sort of dogs. It'll just be based on their APM value and um, you'll be racing against more like-for-like type dogs. Andrew, good luck with what is a a challenge, but uh, I'm sure it'll all come to fruition well and people can stay tuned to programs like Off The Leash and the GRV social media for more updates. Thanks for taking the call this morning. No worries at all, Andrew. Andrew Mills there, Chief Grader for GRV. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Well, let's talk about the uh, watchdog, George Ferruja. How did the watchdog go uh, this past week? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, Sunday at Hillsville uh, tipped 5 out of 12, including Icarus at uh, a nice price of $4.60. Sunday uh, at Sandown tipping $3 winner Hooked On You and $3.20 winner She Will Bloom. She was a good win, She Will Bloom. And five out of 11 winners at Bendigo on Monday. So they're in a little bit of form. Yeah, and I also have to mention the Watchdog app. Um, we mentioned it last week quickly on the show. It's now available. I don't know whether you've had a chance to look at it, George, but it's a it's a great, you know, handy way, you know, to have on your phone, I suppose, rather than going through the normal webpage. Very, very, very handy uh, for people that want to have a, a quick look at something just before they jump. That's for sure. 
The litter of the week, Molly. Now, I'm going with a little bit of a Flynn theme because this litter is by Invictus Rapid Jubilation and Jubilation is the mother of, of course, Ballarat Derby winner Flynn who broke Fernando Bale's track record at Bendigo. This is Jubilation's second litter. Um, This one to Invictus Rapid, Rapid, she had eight pups, three dogs and five females. They were born on the 13th of December last year, so they're around, what, the two-month-old mark and it might be one to look out for for your national draft, George. Yeah, absolutely. And, And Jubilation, of course, is the sister to Captivating, who's the mum of Black Opium. So, I mean, it's a family going places, that's for sure, with Black Opium and Flynn, who who could have a really, really good six to 12 months. You're a wealth of knowledge, aren't you, uh, George? And oh, uh, not we, really. Well, no, pretty impressive stuff. If you, if you, well, the secret is, if, even if you just know a few things, just say them strong and confident. Did I? Was that confident? Well, very impressive stuff indeed. Act confident and no one will question you. There you go. All right, the Gap Dog of the Week, uh, Molly. Now, this is uh, not like a scuba Steve. It's um, a greyhound by the name of Boss. He's a four-year-old black male. He had 37 starts for six wins and 15 minor placings. He's been in foster care, so he's had the chance to kind of learn the ropes of what home life is all about. The girls tell me as well as a foster carer that he loves a good time and plenty of attention. He loves his toys and enjoys a game of frisbee which is always fun. He will suit a home as the only dog and also an owner who's experienced with bigger bigger dogs in general as he can be a little bit strong-willed at times. So if you think that you have room in your home for boss be sure to contact Gap through their website but I do also need to mention we have another adoption day coming up we did mention a couple of weeks ago it was going to be at Sandown it did have to be changed um, same day March 2 but this time at Seymour it's going to run from 10 a.m to 2 p.m there's going to be around 15 to 20 greyhounds looking for new homes and the reason for the change is that we actually don't have that many greyhounds looking for homes at the moment so they these are kind of the special greyhounds who you know need a little bit more um, love and attention and I suppose a bit more time too. Terrific. Uh, good luck to those attending that day and uh, good luck to Boss, uh, nickname Hugo, we'll say, uh, <laughs> in finding a new home. Uh, Molly and George will do it all again next week and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. This has been Off the Leash for Greyhound Racing Victoria on RSN 927. Thanks for listening. Want to hear Off the Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.